Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Fat Femme Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Dr. John Paul, LLC. Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Black Fat Femme Podcast, where all the intersections of identity are celebrated. I am John, also known as Dr. John Paul, and I just ate a strawberry shortcake ice cream, and I don't know about you, but they don't taste the same. Something's off. Uh, How are you? (laughs) No, what's funny, John? I actually, I had strawberry ice cream last night, and I was like, this is different, and it's sad, because I was hoping for the summertime (laughs) experience. I was like, oh, I'm going to get me the the ooh-ah sensation with the strawberry, and it really was giving, like, 
boysenberry in, in like the desert. And I was like, this is maybe not the- what I want. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they're changing all the ice cream and not telling us. There's probably like a strawberry, sh- a strawberry supply shortage in the world, but there's a shortage for everything. Cars, people, staff, members, and strawberries are all out. Mm-hmm. And but that's neither here yes. nor there, I guess. Yeah, how are you, boo? I'm doing good. I will say, what's up, fam? I'm Ms. Jordan Joho Daniels. Um, I'm doing good. Today, I would say I'm feeling... Blessed, stressed, and somewhat favored. You know, like people say highly favored, but today I'm somewhat favored. But I'm trying, y'all. I'm really trying in these streets. Yeah. And that's really all we expect anybody to do. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, and and you were talking about shortages. I said, sometimes it seems like life is short of people uh, having some sense. Um, and so there's also that. But ultimately, I get it. I understand that we're all kind of going through something. And so what I wanted to do, uh, we kind of going into episode two, the number one thing that I really want to do is I want to make sure that we're, even with everything that's happening around us, that we're still keeping people in encouraged. So at the top of every episode going forward, I wanted to start kind of this new category, this new thing that we do at our introductions called Steel Here. And no, I'm not talking about Steel as an S-T-I-L-L. I'm talking about <laughs> Tisha Campbell's Steel Here, right? Yes. I want to give her her flowers on this here Tuesday. <laughs> and so I want to know, Joho, what is something that you might uh, be going through or might have gone through this week, you know, that may have made you feel like overwhelmed um but ultimately made you happy that you overcame it or what is something that you're proud of yes uh first uh i'm i'm <laughs> i won't say the rest but it yeah, is right because we can't get to <laughs> you know right i am proud oh god i i am proud actually for handling how i handled a recent conflict in my dms um mm-hmm. someone recently reached out to me that and told me that I, 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 that I disappointed them about something. And my initial response was to have this like really thorough rebuttal and mm. like, and like, and like counter them. And like, and I'm someone who I believe I engage well in conflict. I believe I know how to navigate conflict really well. Um, and I, but I, I remind myself that this time, like, I cannot and will not please everybody. And while I didn't agree with what they, with what they said, I also didn't have to share that with them. Like, it also didn't really matter. Like, at the end of the day, mm. what the, if they're disappointed in me, that is, like, their progress to feel that way. And I can't, like, I can't be responsible for that in some in some capacities. And, like, whether I agree or not is, like, intent versus impact. So I, it doesn't really matter. Right. So I responded graciously with how much I appreciated them reaching out to me and sharing it with yeah. me and asked about what resolution looked like and settled it in that way, um, which I was really proud for myself in that because I feel like I overcame this this idea that i have to like prove myself um mm-hmm. not like as right or wrong but prove myself as worthy i guess in the response to that like i'm like i'm not like i'm worthy of more than disappointment for something and i just realized like i can overcome conflict in a new way by just saying like tell me how tell me tell me what this looks like let me tell me what it looks like to heal from this and also like when people be mindful right. like there are some times where i'm like i may not i may not see that healing and like that it may be something that like actually won't move my spirit either. So I want to be respectful of my own boundaries and other people's boundaries. Um, so I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself for discovering a new way to manage conflict and to seek resolution that really helps all people and respects where I'm at and where they're at. Um, so yeah. yeah, how about you? Look at you talking about growth, giving us that good old uh, Anyanla Van Zant, like what have you learned answer. I live for that. <laughs> Um, I was going to say like who, yes, and you've taught me so much. I I will say this. I think 
just being your friend for so long, you've taught me so much about empathy and about how to handle conflict. And, you know, you'll even check me sometimes when I tweet back at people and you'll say, mom, are you really supposed to be saying that? Is that, was that the <laughs> nicest thing to say? And I'm like, no, but I meant it. Um, but, <laughs> but I think I've learned so much from you because you really do teach me how to be empathetic. So um, I just want to say, I am proud of you for, for, you know, even Thank though you. I don't know who that person is um, and I might have some choice more, more choice <laughs> colorful words for them again because like who are you to judge anybody really Thank like you. can no, you turn water into wine that, no <laughs> can you pay off my suit so, loans no like <laughs> who is you to you. be judging anybody but I'm, I'm proud of you in the way that you, <laughs> i'm proud of the way that you handled that um Thanks, so kind Thank of you, you know kind of keeping in the same vein of, you know, stuff that I'm proud of, you know, for myself, um, I am so proud of myself. I'll say I'm proud of us really, but more for me for not throwing in the towel after being in what feels like season 15 of no. And what I mean by that is um, there are a lot of things that folks will see kind of happening on the purview of all of the great stuff that I'm doing. And everyone's like, yes, you're doing such a fantastic job and you're moving mountains and you're opening up opportunity for other people. But what people don't see are all of the no's that I'm getting in my inbox, whether it be for brand deals or whether it be for, you know, opportunities, you know, job opportunities, whatever the case may be. There's been a lot of, I've been hearing no a lot and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go with no again. And I think for me being able to get up every single day and just say, you know what, I'm still going to do the best with what I have, meaning with this podcast, with some of the consulting things that I'm on, with some of the opportunities that I do have coming up, even with working with my students, right? Like you you all know, and, and many of you will learn, I am an educator, I'm a teacher. And so sometimes not being in my best head uh, really affects the way that I lesson plan or can affect the way that I, I try to get the information over to my students or even to the companies I'm working with. And so really just being able to still show up in like my best way, knowing that I'm not feeling my best because of the ways that the world is saying no to me or what I feel like is blocking a blessing. So um, that's just kind of where I'm at. But yeah, that's uh, mm, that. Mm. I, I I love that we're kind of both in this idea of like, I feel like this conversation, we're both so self-aware and I aspire to be to that place where I can have conflict in any regards, whether it be internal or external and still handle it with the grace, you know, that you're continuing to give off. So I love you for that, Jordan. I really do. John, thank you. I love you so much. And I just want to say, like, I think like inversely to the point where what I aspire for is I'm so continually impressed and in love with the way that you don't internalize now. Because mm -hmm. that's something that I am still learning to do, like internalizing yeah. rejection. And I it yeah. is so powerful. And I mean, and it's it's I also want to be intentional in saying and mindful in saying like it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt any less at all. I and you can like and your ability to separate and say, the no, you know, the no isn't always about me. And the no, you know, I, like I whenever you put saying no, you always discuss and share that it's pushing you in a redirection and i think that mm -hmm. it's such a but it's such a powerful mindset to have i guess not a mindset like a, a reality because it really really is and yeah. it, as much as it like really fucking sucks that there's like no like no 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 when it's really you know what i'm saying <laughs> um yes. so i i just i really Ooh, i really yes. i really can learn i learn from your ability to not internalize it and to recognize like this will push me towards a yes 
Yeah, I love that. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead uh, and pay some bills real quick uh, so the lights don't get cut off. But when we return, (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about this week's topic, masculinity. You've all been talking about it uh, around me on social media. And so I figured we'd have an episode where me and the BFF get into a conversation about it. So we'll be back in a second. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about masculinity. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. 
So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Summon your anticipation for an all new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. All right, y'all. So this week, we are getting a bit more personal. As you all know, me and Joho know a lot about each other because obviously we've been friends forever. But we decided that we were going to talk more about kind of some of the personal stuff that we've gone back and forth over um, within our own conversations. We were going to bring that to the mic and invite all of you all in to this conversation. And so this week, the category is masculinity. And, you know, I I wanted to kind of start off this conversation um, really asking you, Joho, like, what has been your experience with kind of navigating that overall topic of masculinity? Like what what comes up for you when I mention we're going to be talking about masculinity today? Because I know I got a lot of feels. Mm, I think the first the thing that comes to the forefront of my mind is is like is my blackness and how much yeah. blackness and cis maleness and masculinity are perceived hand in hand. I think a lot about my dad, um, a blessed memory. He passed away a few years ago. Um, I think about him growing up with this hyper-masculine person who, I mean, physically, he could carry a fridge on his back by himself um, and mm-hmm. emotionally was like, <laughs> like uh, I don't want to say like solid as a rock sounds like it's like I'm petting him on the back for that, but I wish he was more vulnerable a lot. Um, and so mm. I think I think of that. I think of also being one of five five boys. Um, I have I'm one of seven kids, six siblings. We all have different moms. Uh, two of them have the same mom, but most of us have different moms. And I'm one of five boys. And all of my other siblings are all masculine. And I'm probably the most. Um, I was certainly the most sensitive is what they would say, but coded as femme essentially. Mm. And I, and, and mm. I, I think we'll unpack that a bit later as well. But um, I think I also think of how I, how, how people perceived and then how I received masculinity and I received it as dangerous um, as a place that like meant that you respond with anger, that you respond with hurt and that you don't dive into your emotions or you have them at a very service level. I so I, I think it's it's always been hard for me to to identify with with masculinity. I think also because like you know when we think of femme, we innately think of like sensitive in a in a really powerful way and emotionally in tune. And like masculinity can actually be all those things as well. So I'm trying to find 
ways now to embrace it in myself because I think there's a I think I want to be really I want to be really intentional in finding what energies and I know this for some people is probably like a little bit woo woo like this girl talk about energy she about <laughs> her going to be on crystal ball and shit about horoscopes and stuff <laughs> but I really identify with the idea of energies and we have different energies that present to us whether via like via a binary lens or a non-binary lens or like or a very expansive lens i think there is a masculine energy um that like that 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 can be really beneficial and helpful and i don't really know what those are to me yet but i'm in a space of curiosity um to discover it yeah. and uh, really unlearn the ways i felt endangered by mass which is also interesting because as some like as someone who's a, a queer um ma- queer male like i I'm also attracted to mask people, and yet I'm also like, mm-hmm. oh, but they're masks, so like, <laughs> I don't know how much I really want to be with them, but also like they're masks, right. so like, mm, come on, please come this way, <laughs> if that all makes sense. Right, right. No, it does make sense, and I think what we're really talking about is the ways that masculinity is glamorized and uh, mm-hmm. kind of how we internalize it, right? So like, even just thinking about this idea of like, what type, when you put quotations around what type of men, um, you know, do you like, right? And, mm. and and I say this in general, when we talk about, especially in queer spaces, right? A lot of times you get a lot of men who's like, I want a man's man. And you're like, okay, I want a man's man. So that basically sometimes translate to, I want someone who's emotionally unavailable. I want mm. somebody who, mm. who doesn't Gee. know how to have a decent conversation. And again, mm. I'm not making a generalization. I'm talking about the ways that we are taught to kind of shut down at a very, very young, young age and so it's interesting that you mentioned this notion of dangerous because as you were talking and as we were having the conversation leading up to to this episode um i inherently wrote down uh, an experience that i had when i was younger and i always share this story when i talk about kind of like when was the first time that i was told that you know masculinity could potentially be dangerous or Mm. masculinity could potentially be a problem. Um, I always like to say a lot of people know about, know this about me. If you follow me or you know me, you know that I'm always singing. I always have a little diddle or something going on in my head. And so as a kid, that was kind of something I love to do. I knew that I had, you know, I always like to tell people I can hold a note. I don't, I don't (laughs) claim to be a singer. I can hold a note. And so with being able to hold a note, I'm always singing. And I remember once singing Whitney Houston at one of my uncle's homes. And as I was coming down the stairs, I think it was actually, I'm not sure if it was, I. it was right around the time that um, the Bodyguard soundtrack came out. My uncle would mm. always play that album. And I remember singing along, I think it might've been to I'm Every Woman. And you know that part where she's like, I got it, I got it, I got it, baby. You know, And I was coming down the stairs and I was feeling my oats, child. And I just remember my <laughs> uncle looking dead in my face and being like, you need to knock that shit off before I knock you out. And it was mm. like a what? Like it, it like it it like as a kid, right, you don't process that that's abuse and that's violent. But that moment stayed with me for so long. And so I internalized that moment into the inner interactions that I have with my biological father, who I do not like and I'm not close to, in the moments where growing up, and I actually it's funny because I'm putting this in one of my my proposals that I'm working on for something. I talk about having a gay club across the street from his house and the idea that when I went to visit him, he never let me leave the house past seven because the club opened at 730. And I think he thought that if Mm. I saw the queer people coming into the club, that it would somehow inherently like validate my queerness that was already forming in my head, although I didn't Mm. know what the word was. And so all these different caveats right around me growing up as a child 
where I start to understand that masculinity was something that I didn't have, if that's right, if that's the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't have it, it almost felt like my family beat it into me, like thinking about the times that my uncle dragged me to football practice and me not wanting to go. And then I got made fun of for being fat at football practice because I couldn't run like (laughs) everyone else, right? Uh, The forced working out, the forced, you know, my Mm -hmm. family telling me to stop eating. There's all these things that I think like my family just really wanted me to, there was always kind of like, I guess, between my family, my mom, my uncles, my cousins, there was this perfect picture of who John should be. And I never fell into any of those things. And so that first kind of kind of fed me into this idea of of what masculinity was and how much of masculine I was not, if that makes sense. Mm, mm, that makes perfect sense. And it's making me I, I I have a follow-up question to that, uh-huh. but before I get into that, I actually want to unpack a little bit something a little bit more, if we can for a for a little bit. Um mm-hmm. it's just like like cause as that sounds very much similar to my growing up experience too. Like, I mean, I did theater throughout my whole life. And sometimes mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, how did like to my parents, like, how did y'all not know? <laughs> how did y'all know that? Like <laughs> this little boy was queer. I was like always a sassy gay right. sidekick, which I mean is also like a read um, for any kid doing mm-hmm. theater. Assassin's Sidekick is a read to you. So let's just talk about that. <laughs> let's just say that. But right. I always think right. of like my, my, it's, I, when I, I think I understand that they, they believe that that was them protecting me. They believe that mm. that was them like loving me and trying to make me be somewhat like they want, they want me to be cis because they wanted me to be safe. And yeah. that's when I'm like, I'm packing a lot right now. And I'm curious of, of your thoughts on this because I want to be really clear in saying, I'm not saying that that was right at all. I'm not saying that that was what they should have done in any, in any way. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to start to get to a space of like, my parents are the best they could with the tools that they had. Um, right. But, uh, and, and, and now, and now I know that if I have kids, the, the things I absolutely will not be doing, but I'm right. working through a lot of, it like I, I mean, and I think I think more so for my mom than my dad. Like I think my dad for sure was was like like I want my son to be like a man, like a grown ass man and a provider. I mean, I remember all the times where like I mean, like my dad, he was I was I would joke with him that he was a three quarters time dad because he was a part time father to most of my siblings and a full time <laughs> and so he was a full time to me, but he was also gone <laughs> like 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 uh, running these streets every few nights right. or so throughout the week, and every time he left. He'd always say, Jordan, you're the man of the house now. Take care of your mom. And I'm like, yeah. Negro, I'm 10. <laughs> what? what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? Protect, yes. protect her from home. Like, that is so real. Do? She better protect me. She got the paddle, not me, right. baby boo. Like, right. Right. And so I think, I think for like, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the whole thing about being the man of the house. No one talks about how toxic and how problematic Mm -hmm, that is. mm -hmm. Like there's so much bad around that, but go off, go off. And and I think, (laughs) and I think like, I think for my dad, my dad for sure was somebody who wanted me to be mass because that was how he viewed his manhood and obviously how he learned it. I mean, he was one of 14 kids and like his dad was also like the same father that he was raising me, like raising me as. And so, that was him and my mom. I think my mom for sure, because I've always been a, a you know, like a, a sensitive child. And I said that in the best way. She, I know for her, it mm-hmm. was I want to protect him from the harm of the world. And so yeah. I'm trying to like re- to like reckon and wrestle with that. 
that um and like you know like how much how much like like how much trauma there is but also where where are spaces for forgiveness in that so i said right. i'll say but in the so i want to ask you first what are you what do you think or feel about that yeah so interestingly enough like you know i i i it's so funny that you bring that up because I would always get told that, you know, you need to act like, well, one, I was always told I needed to act like a man, which I'm like, baby, I'm only eight. Like, I I barely just learned how to ride a bike. <laughs> like, so, why do I, so what does that mean? Um, but even this notion, right, like, I, I I can barely, like, play skip it without tripping, right? Like, I'm, I'm still a kid. And I think when you start talking about masculinity as a whole, what, what triggered in me when you asked that question is really thinking about how so much of um, not even just queer, like queer cis men, like obviously, right? But I think just in general, how much time is robbed or stolen from us in terms of of being able to be a child when mm. we're when we're forced to perform in the in these masculine roles. And I've always wondered what that's about. And again, I'm not, I don't have the 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 capacity or the tenacity right now to process what that could mean. But I'm thinking about this idea of like, you know, stand up, don't cry, be a man, you gotta be strong. And you're just kind of like, can I just be human for a quick second? Like when when in, in mm. those moments when you're being told to be the man of the house, right? We're not, we're not acknowledging the idea that you're not doing what you're supposed to do as an adult. It's not even about you being a man. It's about you having children and you being out running the street. And you now are putting me mm. in a position as mm. a 10-year-old to take on a responsibility that mm. you should be be having, right? There's, there's an accountability factor there. And so I just think for me, when we have these conversations about masculinity and this whole notion of like boys will be boys or, you know, being the man of the house and all of that, it's so rooted in, in, in a lot of, um, I want to say rudimentary. It's very, very, um, oh, it, it's just, I, the only way I can say it is it's bad. Right. Like, <laughs> that's the only thing I can say is that it has caused so much more issues and problems in people than what it should. And that's the only thing I can really give it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank thank you. And thank you for going on this little side de detour journey with me. Um, going You're back fine. to what to what you were saying earlier, I was hearing like this. I'm curious of like, I think a lot about shame when it comes to masculinity, because like, like masculinity mm -hmm. itself is often about shame. Um, and I know you were saying a bit earlier, like, you know, like you, you you weren't being this person that they wanted you to be. And obviously I identify with that entirely. And so I'm I'm curious of, and I, I, I listen to a lot of Brene Brown. She is like my favorite white lady. I think she's a, <laughs> she's a flyest girl when it comes to shame and vulnerability work. Live, laugh, love you, Brene. Um, and so I'm curious of, your thoughts of shame and maybe like feelings of shame and how like how you navigate shame and then i want to hone in as well on performance you talked about performing mm. um and i, I think and what i'm hearing is like performing masculinity and so i want to also ask you to tell us more about this uh performance of a gonza extravaganza yeah the, the performance element how, i think that really does tie into shame right so thinking about the times for me when i didn't show up 
in the masculine ways or when my family would stop and ask me like why do you act like a girl and not Mm. recognizing i mean obviously when you're 12 you don't have the cognitive (laughs) response to be like well that's you know that's sexist and (laughs) i wouldn't say that if i were like i wish at 12 i had that capacity to stop my family and say i hope y'all know that a lot of the stuff y'all are saying is very sexist um Mm. um, and and, Mm. and and we need to get into that and where that comes from but like this notion of why does it what does it mean to act like a girl. And I think one of the things that we really have yet to process, and I think for me, I think that's the reason why so many people have, I wouldn't say they have an issue with me, but I think that's the reason why people are quote unquote scared of me is because I am not I'm not uncomfortable with femininity. I'm not uncomfortable. Like I've done the work to mm. get through the performance mm. of like needing to like amp like amp up quote unquote my masculinity so people can see me as attractive or um so that way I'm not having to like signal or virtue signal that I'm you know that I got my stuff together right like I'm not I'm okay with being emotional and it really always boils down to I always say this in a lot of different facets of the work that I do, it really boils down to the idea that society hates women. And so that's where that shame starts to build, right? If we really talk about the ways that society hates women, how it's ingrained in us to hate women from the time we are a child, that is the whole conversation around masculinity. Masculinity, like I've tried to find, and again, I I welcome emails, I welcome comments to anyone who wants to, to, to help me, but I've written on this before. It mm-hmm. is very rare that I ever hear masculinity with something positive. Mm. It's very rare that I ever hear. Like when you say femininity, you hear soft, you hear kind, you hear warm, you hear inviting, you hear nurturing, right? Do we, th- there are mm. no synonyms in my mind. And again, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there are no synonyms that really give me anything when we're talking about masculinity, right? Mm. Um And I don't know if that if that's true or not, but that's just how Mm. I feel. And so when you start thinking about that shame, it's because the world doesn't want you to perform in a way in the ways of which the world hates cis women or even trans women. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why there's so many issues around being trans. If we really got to the root of, you know, and and again, I'm going to jump on my social justice uh, soapbox, you know. Go ahead and hand me some dove. I, <laughs> I think it is important. <laughs> it is important for us to recognize that that's what's really happening here. All of these laws, all of the things that are being done to keep trans people from being seen as people, it's 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 going right back to that core thought of we hate women. We don't mm-hmm. like femininity. We don't like anything that has to do with the woman body. The you know this idea that why would a man want to be a woman? And I'm not saying that that's th- those two things are synonymous. What I'm saying is, is that's the way that the world thinks about it. And so that's Mm. what really pisses me off. You know, when we start talking about masculinity as a whole, is this idea of it's not me that you have the issue with. It's all of these internalized things that you've taken on that you believe to be true, not only just about femininity, but about women in general. And then, but but then at the same time, you want to, it's, it's just so weird because it's like, but then you want to protect women, right? If you have a daughter, you don't want a man coming in her ha- your house doing all of these things to your daughter. The reason why you're acting that way is because you know what masculinity is and how toxic it is. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it just, it, it baffles me on so many levels, you know, that we, th- th- that I feel like we, we get, it's kind of like a a, 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 a merry-go-round when we start mm. talking about 
the binary of masculinity and femininity about how terrible it is. And I, I want to throw this in and then we kind of have to move on. I, I kind of want to say that I think it is so imperative that if you are listening to this discussion and you want to engage a conversation about masculinity before, you know, you want to stop it here. You want to engage a conversation about masculinity and then come back to this podcast. Um, I always highly recommend the documentary, Mas- The Mask You Live In. Um, I think for at one time it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but that documentary really opened my eyes to so many different things about my own quote-unquote masculinity. And I put quotations around it because I don't believe myself to be femme or masculine. I believe myself to just be here. Like Mm. I'm living an experience and both of those experiences muddle both of those identities in so many different ways. And I'm okay with that. But that, that documentary really opened my eyes to a lot of the ways that we, we we talk about masculinity. And I just want to say, I think the biggest thing I took away from that is how men, specifically cis men, are taught to perform strength and in reality, how lonely and sad they are. Oof. It's just a real thing. Oof. So. Oof. That is so, so real. I feel that masculinity as mm-hmm. it's it's actually just lo- like disguised loneliness. And that is, I mean, I, I, mm. I have like, I, Part of me has some kind of thoughts, but I also won't, won't be really mindful of uh, of our time today. So I will say at this no, point, y'all. No, share the thoughts. Oh, we can go. Okay, we okay. can go. Okay, okay. Yeah, because share like, the thoughts. One thing I'm thinking about is like, like to the question you raised earlier of what is a positive? And like, in part of me, like, as you said that, I thought of some things and I'm also like wrestling with it myself because I think like one thing I can like think, like I think people, when they say masculinity, they think safety as a word, which right. is an interesting thing think considering i mentioned earlier dangerous but i believe some folks find safety in a masculine presentation like a a masculine energy and i think that's because of how we perceive to your point strength um i'm also like think my mind's like racing with this thought of like also like being fat right like being fat people perceive you as strong like like even though like even though i'm femme because i'm tall and i'm fat people won't fuck with me like people aren't gonna Try and like attack me because they're gonna be like, oh my god, like 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 this too strong, and then they'll equate that to my, to my masculinity. And I also think of like growing up, my dad was like, you you should be a linebacker because of because of your body type, and I was yeah. like, I, that, that, mm-hmm. I don't like why why can like can I can I just be a goalie in soccer? Like I don't need to know. <laughs> I, does not I mean sports are my journey period, but like anyway, so my mind's just right. a lot of things. But when I think of masculinity as loneliness, I think it's like I mean I I hear you on not finding positives, and I and I and I I and you welcomed our our guests and our listeners and even myself to challenge that with you. And I, and I look forward forward to doing that because part of me is like, well, there is some positives. Like I think as someone who finds moments of maskness, maskness, but then then also in my mind, I'm like, but fuck that. Like, like masculine don't mean safe. It it often means dangerous girl. So why like (laughs) Molly, you in danger girl when it comes to masculinity. So why, so also why do I think it really means safety when I feel like I feel safety and so much more safety in, in my femme friend. So I, so I began with this with I have a rebuttal and now I'm uh, I'm gonna take it back because I'm like no no I I, I, I need to process this more and on that note y'all John has to go bake a cake somewhere and I have to go poach a salmon so we'll be back in a minute okay hey my name's Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose I just had a great conversation with Michael B Jordan and you can listen to it right now Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. 
His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our 
favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Hey, everybody, welcome back to uh, the episode. I love, uh, so th- that last segment uh, really got me even thinking, and I just want to make sure I make something very clear before we go off into the the next segment. You know, I just want to make sure that I make it very clear that I'm not saying that being masculine uh, in no way, shape, or form isn't positive. What I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is that the way that it is oftentimes, the way it's situated in life, the way that it is sold, uh, it, there's always a, a, there's always some sort of undertone in it that that kind of alludes to us disguising what could be taken as or considered something negative or problematic. Um, and yeah. so I just want to make sure that I note that, that I, whether you're femme, <laughs> whether you're you're masculine, whether you're in between, I don't want to say there's nothing positive about being masculine and have a whole bunch of people being like, you know, Dr. John Paul is saying that being masculine is awful. No, no I didn't mean paint that. You as, as the villain. No, 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 no. I don't think that's what you were doing. I'm just saying, like, I, I want to make sure, like, I have friends who have shows and I know what, what listener letters can look like. And so I just want to make I clear that up that I don't want Thanks. people trying to come for me and being like Dr. Higgins is anti-masculinity that is not what I'm saying what I'm saying mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that needs to be done around that word to dust off a lot of the mess that comes with that word that is what mm-hmm. I was ultimately saying okay mm-hmm. but with that being said we're gonna move on and we're introducing a new segment this week called go love yourself and so what this segment yes. is going to be focusing on um I got a lot of questions questions when this podcast came out like oh what is black fat femme i know me and you when we were developing the show you know we went through kind of some bouts of being like how do we get away from constantly talking about quote unquote the struggle of being <laughs> black fat and femme right like how do we celebrate it and that's kind of what our tagline is right like we're celebrating our intersections and so um what we wanted to bring out is we are we what we wanted to bring up is talking about how does one find self love in a world that hates them right so like like when we think about each of our intersections, you know, it can feel like being black, the world hates you, being queer, the world hates you, and then being fat, the world intentionally hates you by not carrying clothes in your size. And then when you're all three of them, you're like, well, da- well, damn, where can I be safe? Right? Like, you know, <laughs> where does it feel safe? Mm. Um, and so what I wanted to kind of talk about in this week's episode and in introducing the segment is I wanted to encourage Black Fat Femme people to begin their happy healing journey. Um, mm. And so kind of like looking, you know, it was like, 
really thinking about like trying to be on Yanla, right? I know that she has some yes. problematic things. Put your <laughs> face in a hole, <laughs> get a snipe, all those things. They're all problematic. Um, but I, I, I often really talk, I, I want to talk about our identities in a way in which we are really thinking about the joy that comes with being who we are. And so kind of visiting that each week, just kind of talking each week about what are me and Joho doing to like hold ourselves accountable to the joy that we deserve and the the self-love we need to give ourselves because the world is not giving us. So I want to pose this question. Um, Joho, I wanted to ask, like, what is something that you love about you and how did you get to that place of loving it? Mm, mm. Ooh, I love this question. And I like, uh, I like, I'm feeling being on the uh, Ianla Van Zandt tip, like, if thank you, I'm getting <laughs> my life right now from this. I would yeah. say... One thing that I love about myself and loving it, and I hinted at this a bit earlier, actually, is my sensitivity, like me being a mm-hmm. sensitive person. I think that's something that really touches across the spectrum of all my dannies of being a black fat femme, because yeah. like, like, like black folks, like we, we are inherently sensitive, like we are sensitive and we are in tune. And I mean, sensitive in the sense of we're in tune with ourselves in tune with the world around us, like insensitive to how we're perceived. And it's sad because so often we are perceived as angry and it's like, you know, like, like, like one rightfully so like rightfully frustrated with the bullshit happening Amen. around us. But we're like, it's also because like we're we're sensitive and we're tired of being seen as inhuman and we're sensitive to want to be seen as human. And then as a fat person, like when you when when you're a fat person, you are either you are either like the butt of the joke or or the one that has to be funny or super smart or a sidekick. And like you become innately sensitive and you get this like radical empathy and sensitivity to other people. And then also being femme, like Mm -hmm. I I know to the point we made earlier, I want to be clear, like I don't think sensitivity is an inherent characteristic of being femme i think as a femme person the way people perceive us as femme people like we we have a sensitivity as well and so i think it's my superpower now and that's why i always mm-hmm. say to people when like when someone says you're being too sensitive i'm like well i'm actually being in my, in my highest powerful self right now because people have tried to beat it out of me my entire life for um mm. for reacting for for feeling hurt by something that people said like someone that I love very close to me. Um, I won't name person, but they're very close to me. They always, their phrasing is always um, when they do something that's harmful, their phrase is always, I'm sorry if that offended you, that wasn't my intention. And when I say I'm hurt by that, they're like, you're being sensitive. I'm like, well, actually Mm. you like, you're absolving yourself from harm by saying, I'm sorry if, cause it's not a matter of if baby, (laughs) it is a matter of what you you did. did (laughs) You did did it. Like I'm feeling this way. Right. So like, so like, like, let's call what it is. And, your intention to my point i made you know in in, in before the our first segment like my intention doesn't really matter as much more as an impact and so like i'm i'm someone who has always people have been like you're too sensitive and that's not our intentions but like the impact is yes i am sensitive i am somebody who is in tune with myself and my emotions i am in tune with how people make me feel and how i make other people feel and how i want to make the world feel and like i'm somebody who right. wants to change the world so i have to be sensitive to the shit that's happening all around me and 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 I'm tired of folks thinking that that is a weakness or that is like makes you a pushover that makes you somebody that like cares too much. Like, how dare you say I care too much? Like, how can right. you care too much when there's so much to care about in the world and the people, so many people to care about? And so I got to a place of loving it. To answer your question a bit more directly, I got to a place of loving it because I realized that as much as people hurt me, 
people also came to me because of it, mm-hmm. you know, which is an interesting mm-hmm. thing because oftentimes those are people who harmed me who came to me for healing. And that was always a tricky thing for me of like, how like how how do I how do I repair myself? Because I know that they're not in a place to repair me either. So how do I repair yeah. myself and help them repair as people? And I, that and to me, like whenever we go through a space of healing, I would say like I would I would remind them, we're able to do this because I'm being sensitive to you. And in this moment, you're being sensitive to me. So next time you mm. think of saying someone who's sensitive, recognize that it's a sensitivity that leads us to deeper empathy with other people that leads us to healing together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how I've got to love it. I've, I've learned that. It's, and actually someone once very clearly said to me, you will never get anywhere in life if you, if like by being nice or by being sensitive. And I'd like to say right now, <laughs> very clearly, clearly in this mic, maybe I am successful <laughs> doing the things that you said I could not do. So yes. let me know. Let, let, them, know. let me know where that's going. Let them know. I live. I live. So connected, but not connected. I tweeted out this week. I said, y'all used to laugh at me for being queer. Now I laugh to the bank for, for doing queer stuff. Like I get paid to be queer. I'm like, so who's the last one laughing now? So come on now. Yes, that part. I am successful. I live. I live. That is definitely a word. I love that. So you kind of, and I don't necessarily always want to piggyback, but I think that's the reason why I I tapped you to, to come on in here and be a part of this journey with me because I feel like our journeys marry each other in so many different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the vein of the sensitivity piece, and I, I feel that so much because I get told, or I got told, I should say, I got told a lot as a child that I was sensitive, that I was too sensitive. Um, and I think specifically around my voice, my voice has always been highly effeminate. Mm-hmm. And people have always said, why do I talk like a girl? Um, mm. And even like, it's funny because I'll call somewhere and people will be like, yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. Um, and even when I was younger, shout out to Edwina because I know my mom is listening. Hi, mom. Um, I used to call places. Hi, Miss Edwina. And pretend. Ten, yes, I would call places and pretend to be my mom because I knew that I could, you know, I could, I, no one ever knew if, if it was me or Edwina. When you hear us talk, we literally sound the same. Um, and so with that being said, you know, there was a time in my life, especially when I started to come out where, you know, men would give me their numbers and then I would call them and they would be like, oh, you sound like, are you trans? And I'm like, no. And they're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you sound really feminine, right? Over the phone. And it used to bug me. And then I really started started to understand that that connection again kind of going back to what the theme of this episode is um the whole episode being connected to like masculinity what is toxic masculinity and, and the ways that people use toxic masculinity to quote unquote shut me up and so what that means is by getting me one not to talk one not to sing one not to to use my my full authentic voice and it's not just the voice the sound of my voice that I'm also talking about too I think it's also the tenacity that I had in my voice, Mm. right? So the power that I had in my voice to come into a room and call people out on their shit and being able to Mm. stand in that and being made to feel like I was the problem because, well, John's going to always come in here with an attitude or John's going to always come in here with something to say. Well, it's like, hell yeah, because y'all ain't saying nothing about it either, right? Mm. Um, And so I think about all of that all the time. You know, the ways in college I started being told that I'm too emotional and I always had something to say I always had a thought or a concern or that I was always angry about something. But as I get older, you know, I'm really starting to love 
both of my voices, right? I love the the femininity in my voice. I love how opinionated my voice is. I love how soft my voice can be. And I love how much power my voice can have mm. when, you know, with it being such a very, um, what's, I, I forget the actual like tonality. There's actual word for how boisterous my voice can be. Like I can captivate and hold a whole room without a mic, right? Mm. Like that's because my voice is so powerful. And so I've had to learn, like you said, you know, I think that that's the thing I really want people to take away from this episode in this segment, particularly like a lot of the stuff that we're taught to hate about ourselves. One is a deflection. I always say that somewhere, some, some time, somewhere, something happened where someone made someone else feel negative about who they are. So they want to take that and put that off onto me. And I always like to tell people, no, 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 girl, don't do that over here. Like, I, I really love me for who I am and who I'm becoming. Um, You can go ahead and keep that negative energy over there. Mm. But I also think when you say that that who we are, and I say we in the sense of black fat femme, whether it be feminine, whether it be masculine, or be someone in you know someone in between that we're given who you know I'm thinking you know if we're given an Andre Leon Talley moment or we're given a Miss mm. J moment, right? Mm. The 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 in between of those intersections is what make us super powerful because people are drawn to that, and I think that's how. You know, I'll say this and I'll flip my hair a little bit. That's how I've been able to amass such a large following in such a very short time because Mm. I'm not afraid to look at the things that the world tried to tell me was was a fault as something that is a superpower. So thanks for acknowledging that, sis. Like, I think that when you take it and you reframe it, it it definitely opens up the conversation. And I do want to say this, like, I think as we're going forward, whether we're talking about food or whether we're jumping back to the segment about going in and loving ourselves and stuff, I think there's so much more that we have to like bring up and talk through. And I'm just excited that I I get to do that with you. So Mm. Uh Mm. yeah, I love you so much. All right, y'all. So (laughs) <laughs> I love you too. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take another break. Um, and when we come back, we are going to get into our yes ma'ams and our no ma'am pams. We'll be back in a sec. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as you all know, uh, we are getting ready to get into our yes ma'ams and our no ma'am pams of this week. Um, for those of you who didn't get a chance to catch the first episode, this segment is a segment where we give people their flowers or we hit them with them. Um, so with that being said, uh, Joho, do you want to go ahead and give yours this week since I gave mine first last week? Yes ma'am. Yes ma'am, okay. Pam, I do. Actually, sorry, yes ma'am, not yes ma'am, Pam, because ma'am, Pam is for now. Yes ma'am. I'm, I'm a yes ma'am, the Elkhorn Project for their amazing, yes. amazing 
amazing incredible work for those who don't know they focus intentionally on supporting black trans folks by providing home cooked meals and other resources while assisting in like and like fighting the global violence against trans folks so they're amazing yeah. and they've had so much growth in the past few years particularly i followed them i want to say since 2019 and their growth now has just been amazing and i mean yeah, yeah just i love them so yes ma'am to them then no ma'am pam to heat and humidity those th those <laughs> those two girls those them sisters really are ghetto when the under titty sweat hits the body and the heat and then or you feel like you're walking through white and through like moistness because of humidity like listen i love sweat when it's in my control but like when i'm melting right. like the, like the wicked witch of the west or the east or whatever whatever part of the world she came from like it's right. not my journey so please heat humidity no man pam to y'all doing the most i'm gonna need you to find your cousins cool calm and collected and get it together when you are standing there and you are so hot and you just can't do anything about it, I think that is the worst. There's no water. There are not enough ice. There's not enough, especially as a big girl, being hot as a big girl Sis. is just, it's the pits. And then you have product in your hair that's running down your eyes. Can I just I get it? <laughs> yes. Can I just say when that one sweat, the one sweat drop hits you in the eyeball, bitch. And you yep. said, oh, like you, nothing else, like your your mm -hmm. eye burns now. You're just out here yes. being like being a pirate. <laughs> like, no, no, it's yeah. not for me. Yeah. That actually funny story. So I had to change out my license plate. Like, you know how when you buy a new car, they give you those paper plates. I had to trade my paper plates <laughs> Come on, out Flex. for the new yes. plates. Um, and so when I was taking off, I was in my garage trying to take off my license plate holder and stuff. <laughs> And I started to sweat and I said, oh, I'm not doing this because I was actually getting ready to go to work. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to be sweaty when I get to work. So I said, I literally just gave up in the middle of trying to change my plates out. So I had like one real plate in the front and then I had a paper plate in the back because I had gave up. I was like, I'm not sweating like this today. So I get it wholeheartedly that sweat is not my thing i live i love that you get that um so this week for me my yes ma'am i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to yes ma'am uh quinta and everybody including my old boss um coleman domingo who was yes. nominated for an emmy every black ass person who was nominated for an emmy this year yes. Issa Rae, um there was yes. just so many i saw I, I don't know if you saw the um what's her name from dream girl shirley ralph learning she's yes. on the phone she was visiting uh, her son i cry uh, with her i mean a, a literal national treasure tears. like uh, yes uh, just yes. getting their flowers and i think that is so important i know as somebody who often you know throws shade about not getting their flowers right sometimes i get into my um not rick james what's his name uh the tutti frutti or rudy where he's like <laughs> you know who was the best i'm the best um i can't think of his name but Damn. make him rest well <laughs> um what is I, that is, it's, it's really going to bug me if y'all know who I'm talking about. Little Richard, I get into my little Richard oh. where I'm talking about people oh, stole yeah. stuff from me. People don't give me my credit. Little Richard went to the grave feeling like nobody ever gave him anything, which is true. People didn't mm. give you know him his props the way he should have. And so I say all that to say I'm just really happy to see a lot of people that I know both personally and professionally finally getting their flowers um, in an industry that oftentimes tries to take them away. My no ma'am pam this week um has been how slow it's taking to get the u.s to bring britney griner home um i i i just 
it, it it's very like I, I know I don't understand politics like that and I don't want to proclaim myself to be you know Jared Hill by any means who will be on the show in a couple of weeks very very into politics and is a political mm-hmm. pundit in a lot of ways I don't proclaim to know politics enough to be able to make a, 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 a true statement about why she's not home but it is bugging me that it has taken this long for our mm-hmm. country to do something about a black woman who is being kept in my opinion, over something very petty, um, mm-hmm. it, it it just really, really bugs me. And before before we we close out, I did want to say there was a op ed that came out. Um, there was some woman, I think it was actually the coach who was like, "Oh, if it was LeBron James, he would be home already." Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to stay away from that rhetoric because mm-hmm. LeBron James would never have to go over to another country to make a make a living. And we we don't mm. value black women. We don't value black femme or black queer women enough for them Mm -hmm. to make a good living here in sports so they have to go over to places like russia where it is hostile and they do have to put themselves in danger in order to make a living so i just wanted to make sure that i note that that i'm Mm. saying no ma'am pam to not only our government for how slow it's moving but to people who don't seem to understand what type of situation is actually happening around britney and why she's there in the first place Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's that on that All right. Well, I know I said a mouthful. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I did want to say very quickly before we kind of get into our closing that last week I gave the email all kinds of wrong on our outro. (laughs) Blame it on my head. Please don't blame it on my heart. Um, The real email where you all should be able to reach us is blackfatfempod at gmail.com. Do note that on our socials, you have to use BLK. But when you email us, you can spell out black, just like I encourage everybody in the world to fully say black. You can say black. Um, So it's blackfatfem, uh, F-E-M-M-E, pod at gmail.com. Please send your questions, your thoughts, all your feedback there. If you've got hate mail, keep it to yourself or send it to somebody else who deserves it. Or pay um, a bill and you with can it. follow look, sis. <laughs> and you can follow us um, at Black Fat Fem Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Just know that you have to shorten it again because the um because Instagram and Twitter, you know, they've been playing in our faces. Mm. Um Joho, tell people where they can find you. Y'all can find me on all socials at Joho Daniels. That's J-O-H-O Daniels. And thank, again, thank you all so much for listening to the, our, our episode so far. We're so pumped for the whole season with you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, as you all know, you can find me on social media at Dr. John Paul. You can also visit my website at www.drjohnpaul.com. I also wanted to shout out our executive producer, Tari. And I also wanted to shout yes. out our editor, Chris Rogers, for all yes. of the amazing work that they do to make this show go. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, take care of yourself. And um, yeah, make sure you take a nap because you probably need it anyway. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> The Black Fat Film Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Dr. John Paul, LLC. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 